I just want to be, you know, I always tell y'all I want to be honest with y'all. You know, I think a lot of what people are sick of of church and preachers sometimes, myself included, is we just, many times I think, you know, we feel like the church wants to portray like they've got it all together and they've got all the answers. And I always want to tell you, I want to be completely transparent and honest with you. I don't, I don't have all the answers. I don't even know what half the questions are many times. Uh, and I'm human just like you. I'm flesh and blood just like you. And if I'm just being transparent this morning, it's just like, you know, this week happens and you just go, Lord, what else? You know? And I know many of you are like me. You're just, it's, you're physically, spiritually, emotionally, just. And I ain't no different than you. And I got to be honest with you, the last place I really wanted to come this morning was right here. Because contrary to popular belief, there ain't no magic pixie dust to put on a preacher to say every Sunday morning we're going to just be on fire and we're just going to come give it hellfire and brimstone. And You know, there's a lot of days you just got to push through. And uh, today was one of those days. Just, with everything going on, just... I'm just tired, Lord, and I just, I, Lord, I'm spent. I don't know if I got anything to give anybody, you know. Thank you. And I, you know, I just, I want to be honest with you. But, you know, in those days when that happens, the Lord just says, you just be faithful. You just push through. You do what I've asked you to do. You do what I've told you to do. And I, I didn't know who'd be here this morning. I didn't know but the Lord has already confirmed that with me, that uh, you're here for a reason. You be faithful, I'll be faithful. And, uh, and uh, I've already been told this morning, this message is for somebody this morning. It may just be for one person, but it's at least for one person this morning. And so, how will they hear without a preacher? Amen. And that's why the Bible says how beautiful are the feet. And if you've seen my feet, they are not beautiful. <laughs> but that's, that's what the Bible says. I'm going to tell you that. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the gospel. Amen. And it's hard sometimes. Amen. It's hard sometimes. But I'm going to do my best. I'm going to give you what I got here this morning. All right. And uh, you're welcome. Let's look at Ephesians 3.20, if you would. Ephesians 3.20. We're going to start there. And I think it's a very appropriate verse because with everything going on, here's what it says. Amen. Uh, uh-oh, that's the wrong one, brother. Sorry. <laughs> 3.20. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> can you get it or I can look it up on my phone real quick? You got it? All right. Sorry. Throwing Brother James curveball back there. And I believe the more that 
we feel God's presence, the more the devil, he's going to try to stop us. Amen. So all these little, all these little hurdles, that's just the devil. He don't want to get out there. This is one of my favorite verses, a very good friend of mine who's now in heaven, Brother Mike Teague. This is one of his favorite verses. I thought of him this morning. I thought of him, you know, again, he just, he was faithful. He ran the race. Went home a lot sooner than he should have. But this, uh, this verse made me think of him. It said this, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Who is the power? What is the power? God. And in what form does he come? Remember, we have the Father, the Son, and the what? The Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is not something you may hear a lot about uh, in a lot of Baptist churches. I'm here to tell you today, you're going to hear about it in this Baptist church. Amen? Because the Holy Spirit is a key component. What is the Holy Spirit's job? He is there to convict us, to draw us towards the Father and the Son. Amen? He is there to bring uh, that he must draw us to him. Amen? Um, And so, the Holy Spirit is mainly what we're going to focus on this morning. And what this verse is saying is, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, way beyond what you could ever ask or think or imagine, according to the power, the power of the Holy Spirit that works in us. In other words, if you let the Holy Spirit of God work in you, things are going to happen in your life that are beyond what you could even ask or think or even imagine. Amen? And so today, I want you to understand... Everything we're going to talk about today is by the evidence of the Holy Spirit working in your life. I've titled today's message called Your Shadow. Now, whether you realize it or not, we all cast a shadow. We are all living in the shadow of someone else. Now, when I was growing up, I'm going to share about my life because it's the only one I've lived, but I think probably most of you will be able to relate. When uh, I was growing up and I got to be a little bit older, you know, we go through these transitional stages, Brother Martin, you know, with our kids. Our kids, you know, they, uh, when they're young, they look up to us as just, you know, we're the smartest people in the world and uh, we've got all the answers because we're, you know, we're taking care of them, we're providing for them. And our kids kind of think we're like superheroes when they're growing up. Uh, then somewhere along the line, they get to be that preteen age uh, and you start, to, you start to lose a little bit of uh, your superhero-ness, Amen. And uh, then you become a little more less intelligent as it goes along, amen? And then somewhere along those teenage years, uh, you became the dumbest person on the planet, amen? And, uh, but then I have good news. As they get a little bit older, they start to come back the other direction, and they begin to realize, well, maybe Dad wasn't quite as stupid as I thought he was, amen, as they get a little bit older, amen? So it's a good thing they come back. But I'm here to tell you, I used to say in my teenage years, I would look at my dad, and I would look at my mom, and I would say, look at them. I ain't never going to do that. Anybody here ever say that when you were a teenager? Look at mom and dad. Look at these poor pitiful people. I ain't never going to do that. I ain't never going to be like that. I I won't raise my kids like that. Anybody say that, had to eat those words? I, I I will not act that way when I have a family. I will not do it that way when I get to be an adult. And by golly, if you didn't have to come back later on and eat some of those words. 
Because what I discovered is the older I got, I started to look in the mirror. And by God, it was amazing. The longer I stood there and the older I got, the more I was looking at my dad, looking back at me in the mirror. Amen. I became my father. Amen. And the very things I vowed I would never say or do if they don't come out of my mouth. They come around the, the same sayings I used to roll my eyes at. Now my kids roll their eyes at them. Amen. So we live in the shadow of somebody. And you can't help it. It's exactly how you were designed to do. It's exactly how you were designed to grow up. God gave you a mom and a dad for a reason. And moms and dads, if you're in the middle of that, let me encourage you with this. God gave your kids to raise, to, be, to raise them to be godly young men and godly young women. He didn't give them to you for you to be their best buddy. Now, hopefully that's a byproduct, and hopefully that they can become your best buddy. But I'm here to tell you, at some point you're going to hit some rough years where they're not going to agree, they're not going to like your rules, they're not going to like things. And that's where you have to say, Lord, I know, but you have, you've given these kids for me to raise, to follow you, not to be their best buddy. They've got best buddies, they've got peers, and they've got plenty of that. Now listen, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a good relationship with your kids, but I am saying the main objective uh, in all of our lives is for me to give God the glory in my life, and then when he gave me those children, my job as a parent was to raise those kids to give God the glory in their lives, amen? And so it's not easy. It is not easy work, is it? And I want to encourage you. Uh, you know, be, be who they need you to be. Be their parent. Now, listen, I'm saying, um, but the Bible also makes a comment, do not exasperate your children. Uh, so don't, uh, you know, I tried to always explain to my kids, here's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Now, these are the rules, and this is the punishment because this is what you did. And as long as you make the guidelines clear, if you cross this line, this is the punishment, this is what will happen. And as long as you can explain it. Now, listen, I understand, as they get older, then they can begin to comprehend that. Now, trying to reason with a three-year-old, uh, that's like trying to reason with a drunk man, amen? It just ain't going to happen, all right? But uh, as your kids get older, as my kids got older, I began to explain to them, here's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And here's, we're going to set down the rules, and we're going to say, if you break this rule, if you stay out past this curfew, or if you come in late, or whatever the rule is, this will be the punishment. Make it clear. Make the lines clear. And uh, give them some responsibility, say, in it. You knew we sat down, we had this discussion, even write it down. Write it down on a piece of paper to say, here's the rules. We both agreed on it. And if you break this rule, this is the punishment, all right? So uh, explain it to them. Because what does that do? That prepares them to be adults. That prepares them as they get ready. Everything in life, you will always have to answer. Some, I remember when I was 16, 17, I was like, I can't wait to be 18 years old. Because when I get to be 18, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Yeah, right. You remember that? At 18, it just got started. Amen? You're always going to have to answer to somebody. You will always have a boss. You will always be the policeman out on the road. There is always somebody in authority over you. You'll be standing in a courtroom, and there will be a judge, and he will have authority over you. You will always be answering to somebody. And ultimately, if there ain't nobody else, you're answering to God because he's in control and he's in charge. Amen? So teaching your children that is a good thing to teach them early, early on, all right? Um, when we say we live in someone's shadow, it's true. Every person casts a shadow. Um, I can't read my own writing, sorry. 
as we watch. There we go. As we watch our own fathers and mothers age, and we begin the journey of uh, understanding age. We begin to realize how much of our fathers and our mothers' shadows live within us and how great of a shadow that they cast over our lives. How many of you would say, I am definitely a byproduct of my mom and dad and how they brought me up? You can't help it. You raised in a household, it's going to have an effect on you. Now, that could be a positive effect. It could be a negative effect. Let's look at some of them, all right? For some of us, number one, it might be a, a, a kind, strong, life-giving shadow. Maybe you grew up in a very good home, a godly home, where mom and dad raised you the right way. And so maybe you have the number one kind, and that's, that's, a good, that's the best kind to have. You grew up in a home, it was kind, it was strong, it was life-giving. And so you have a very good shadow uh, to listen from. But listen... Everybody that raised their hand wasn't necessarily all thinking about positive things. It can also have some negative things. Amen? Anybody got that? All right. So while for others, it was not so blessed or great. Maybe in your home there was brutality. Maybe there was violence. Maybe there was alcohol. Maybe there was abuse of some sort. All right. And so, but guess what? Even that casts a shadow. We're not just talking about just the good things. Even the bad things cast a shadow in your life. And they shaped you and molded you into who you are. Uh, even the bad things, even the hard things, and the things that I would say I would never wish that anybody would have to go through, and I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. But in some way, it shaped and molded you into who you are, and you still are living in the, in the effects of that today. Would we agree with that? Okay. All right, and then number three for others, there's an aching emptiness where the memory of a father or mother's shadow should have been, and you never got to experience that. Maybe your mother or your father was not present. And so instead of a good or a bad memory, there's just a hole there. There's just an aching emptiness in there. Amen. And I would say again to you, my heart hurts for you. Uh, I would never wish that on anybody. We all should have that father and that mother, and we should not have that, that hole there. Amen. But we need to understand uh, We need to understand where everybody's coming from. What I, the reason I want you to understand that is, Nobody in this room is coming from the same place. We all are coming from a different place. We all have different shadows cast in our life. And some leave positive effects and some leave very negative effects. And so what I want to help you to do today is see what shadows have been cast in your life. And then to end it, we're going to turn around and we're going to stare in a mirror. Now, I don't know about you. I don't like looking in a mirror. Looking in a mirror is painful, isn't it? Because when you look in a mirror, who's staring back at you? And you probably, if you're like most people, don't like everything you see. Looking in the mirror is hard. But we need to look in the mirror, not just physically. But I want to ask you today, when we end, I want you to look in a mirror spiritually. And I want you to say, what kind of shadow am I casting? What kind of person am I? Are there some bad things that have been cast into my life that I am projecting onto my family that I need to get rid of today? So we're going to be introspective. We're going to look in the mirror today, okay? All right. Um, so, we all labor under that shadow. It makes us who we are, and it shapes the person that we want to be. Have you ever consider, considered that people are living in your shadow? People are living in your shadow. Now, here's what I want you to understand today. Everybody here, you're casting a shadow. It doesn't matter whether you think you are or you don't think you are, you are. If the sun is shining, the S-O-N, you are casting a shadow. So if the sun is shining, the S-O-N is shining on your life, you are casting a shadow. You're either casting a good shadow, a bad shadow, or a very negative shadow. All right? 
So what kind of a shadow are you casting? All right. Um, so let's look at these. Number one, they're on the screen there. So again, feel free to write these down, take a picture, whatever you want to do. Uh, what do they see in your life? Some, some, are in your, some people are in your life by choice. All right. So your friends. Guess what? Your friends, they choose to be around you, don't they? All right. What's the old saying? Uh, you, can, uh, you can choose your uh, friends, but you can't pick your family. Uh, you know, so some people, it's by choice. It's your friends. It's your close friends. And they see something in you, and why do they want to hang around you? Because they obviously see something they like, or you have some qualities they like, and they find you entertaining or funny, uh, or maybe they like to make fun of you. I don't know why they're in your life. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're in your life because they see something in you, and they want to be around that. Number two, there are people by pure proximity. These are people you don't get to choose. Uh, you took a job, and now you have coworkers. And some of them you go like, oh, God. I wish that person did not work here. Amen. Um, all right. But you don't get to choose that. Some of your family members, I, I love you, but I don't like you. Amen. Anybody here got family like that? Or are they sitting next to you? Uh, no. <laughs> Just uh, I, and family is that way sometimes. Family, many times, bless God, we're cut from the same cloth. We're too much alike. So we end up butting heads, don't we? And with many of our family members, it's like, you know what? I love you, and if you call me and tell me you need me, I'll be there. But I sure don't like you. Amen? Uh, we just are too much alike, and we butt heads, and we don't ever seem to see things the same way. All right? That's okay. You know what? I'm a people pleaser by nature, and one thing I had to come to grips with was not everybody's going to like you, Mark. And I said, well, Lord, that's just not fair. Who could not like me? Amen? I mean, look how sweet I am, Lord. And I'm a people pleaser by nature, but I had to let go of that. Otherwise, it's going to drive you crazy. And I had to let go of that and say, you know what? There's just going to be some people that aren't going to like me. There's some people that I get along with better than others. Amen? And it's possible. Many people think we live in a culture today that says, if you don't agree with me, then you hate me. That's the stupidest statement you could ever make in your life. If you want to write that down say, Brother Mark said that, please spread that around. The stupidest statement you could ever make is, I don't, I don't agree with you, so therefore you must hate me. That's the stupidest statement. I meet people all the time. I have people I dearly love that I do not agree with, that we do not see eye to eye on a lot of things. And I love them dearly with all my heart. All right? So I don't know where this came from that if we cannot disagree and we must hate each other if we disagree. That's the stupidest statement you could ever make in your life. We would not have the United States of America. Those guys that originally founded this country had to be able to sit down at a table and have discussions and have real discussions and say, even if we don't agree, we're going to learn to be united. Because what is the name of this country? The United States of America. Say it again with me. The United States of America. Are we united now? It breaks my heart. And if it breaks my heart, do you not think it breaks the heart of God? But the devil knows exactly what he's doing. He may be a lot of things, but he is not stupid. And he knows how to divide and divide and divide. And one thing he used is that right there is, hey, you know what? If these people disagree with you, they hate you. And it has caused more division in this country. Do you think those founding fathers all sat down and all agreed on everything? No. But they put their differences aside and they said, we are going to bring the common good of the people together. Amen. 
That's the way it works. Spent a whole nother sermon on that, but we'll go on. All right. All right, so pure proximity, the people you work with are your family. Listen, those people you work with, if somebody just gets under your skin, can I tell you what to do? Pray, pray, pray. Pray for them stronger than you pray for anybody. Now, there's some people that come into your shadow accidentally. Maybe you go to the same gym every week. Maybe you go to the same coffee shop every week. Maybe you go to the same grocery store every week. Maybe you go to the same bank every week. And there are people in your life that come into your life by accident, but they seem to be there over and over and over again. Can I tell you, these are the people that God's putting in your life to cast a shadow on. Maybe unwittingly. They may not know it. You may not realize it. But guess what? That checker that seems to be the one you seem to go to every time at the grocery store or that teller at the bank that y'all, you've kind of struck up a little uh, friendship with, a little conversation with, God has placed those people in your life so that you can cast a shadow on them. Amen? Amen? And someone is watching you. Now, right here, I wanted to put in the old 80s song. I always feel like. Somebody's watching me. Because it's true. Somebody is always watching you. They're watching you. Now, who are the most likely people? I'm going to use Brother Martin over here because his, his lovely daughter's sitting with him. In that household, Brother Martin and those, those daughters are living at home. Well, one's still living at home. <laughs> and they're watching mom and dad. Amen. Moms, dads. Your kids are in that home. You're casting a shadow every single day, whether you realize it or not. All right? Your shadow has influence with everyone that you come across, whether you want it to or not. Now, in your home, that's a much bigger shadow. But guess what? Even when I go out of my house every day and I go to the grocery store, the bank, the coffee shop, I'm casting that shadow every single day. And sometimes because of who I am, Sometimes because of who you are, people know, oh, they're a Christian. Yeah, they go down there to that church, that Landmark Baptist Church. And so they are watching you to see how you act and react. They're watching you to see what kind of person is this. And you know what the biggest question that most people have is when they're watching you? Your shadow has influence. Look at that right there. Someone's watching you. They're asking the question, is this the kind of person I want to be? Would I like to be like this person? Or are they looking at your life and going, <laughs> I'm glad I ain't like that. I don't want to be like that. I hope I'm not like that. I hope I don't look like that. Amen? Do people see you as the most negative person in life? That when you come around the corner, everybody goes, up, oh, run the other direction, they're coming. Debbie Downer, she's coming around the corner. Are you the type of person that people see you come around the corner and they say, oh, man, here comes Mark. Look at him. He's got a smile on his face. I, wanna, I don't know about you, but those are the kind of people, those are more the kind of people I want to be around. I want to be around somebody who's positive. I want to be around somebody who uh, I know they've got something good to say. I know they'll say something to encourage me, and I'll say something to encourage them. That's the kind of, life is too short to spend around negative people. Amen. So the question becomes, what kind of person am I? Maybe you don't even realize it. I, I believe everybody here has blind spots. There's even a book called Blind Spots. Look it up. It's a good one. And it talks about we all have spiritual blind spots. You know, when you're driving, that blind spot is that one little area in your rearview mirror you can't quite see right up next to you. If you're not careful, you swerve into somebody over there. Spiritually, we all have blind spots. I'm living too close to the forest 
can't see the forest for the trees. And many times I can't see it in my life. Now, again, my wife and my daughter are here. They will testify to this. Sometimes I think I'm just being the most pleasant person in the world. And my wife and daughter inform me that, no, you are not. You are not being very pleasant. In fact, you're being quite grumpy and quite cranky, and we don't like it. And I'm like, really? I didn't realize that. It's a blind spot. I'm just going through life. I'm just kind of just handling things as they come, and I don't even realize the way I'm acting and the way I'm coming across sometimes. But many of us have those blind spots, and this is where we need to every day, again, look in that mirror and say, how am I coming across? I know how I see myself. Can I tell you there's a reality? Here's the reality. There's the way you see yourself. There's the way everybody else sees you. And then what is there in the middle? The truth. <laughs> the truth. And it's probably not either one of those. I think I'm just honey's dripping from my lips and everybody loves me and everybody, everything is fine and I'm like going down the yellow brick road, amen? And then everybody else sees me as, good Lord, he's on a path straight to hell. He's, uh, he's madder than the devil, amen? And the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, amen? And so we've got to understand, I need to look in the mirror and I need to be honest with myself. Am I being the best version of me? And if you don't get anything else, get this right here, write this down. Am I being the best version of me that I can be? Am I being the best version of me I can be? Amen? Thank you for the encouragement, sister. <laughs> so, that's what we want to strive for. So, here's what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you five facts about an impactful shadow. All right? Number one, write these down. Your shadow has influence whether you want it to or not. All right? Some of these we've already covered. Godly influence moves others onto God's agenda. If you have a self-centered shadow, it causes others to drift away from God. All right? Number two. This is very important right here. Your shadow is never inconsistent with your life. You cannot project a reflection that is different from the reflection of your true self. Let me explain this one. A projection and a reflection are two different things. All right? Uh, what I can't help a reflection. If I go stand in front of the mirror and I go, God, that guy's ugly. I don't like what I see. There's nothing I can do about it, is it? I look in the mirror and I go, that guy's ugly. And my wife goes, what you see is what you get. Amen? Because it's the truth. The mirror is not going to lie, is it? The mirror is a true reflection of who I am. Whether I like what I see or I don't like what I see, I cannot change it. The reflection is the truth, all right? A projection is something I can doctor up. Anybody here go to the movies? You like to go to the movies? A movie is not reality. It is fantasy. I know it's a big shocker, amen? Not, not everybody solves their problems in an hour and a half to two hours, amen? Not everybody wraps their whole problems up in a nice little tight bow after a 30-minute sitcom, amen? It's, it's fantasy. It's not reality. In other words, what is a movie or a sitcom? It is a projection of something or a story. It's not reality. And this is why many times we're so messed up. It's the reason social media, a lot of great things can happen with it, but here's what's really bad with it. I look at other people's lives and I go, man, their life is great. Why, can't, why is my life not like their life? You know? I, I'm, I look at Tracy's life, I go, man, Tracy's, man, she's, 
everything looks fun in her, all her pictures. She's having fun, and the, they're just having a great time. Why? My life does not look like it. Why? Because I'm not really seeing all of Tracy's real life, am I? I'm seeing, and I've said this before, uh, when you look at somebody's Instagram or Facebook page or any of that, you're seeing their highlight reel. You're not seeing reality. You're seeing what they want to project. Do I put my ugly pictures on Facebook? Not if I can help it. Amen. Now, again, i got to control my wife and daughter. Sometimes they put one on without asking me. Amen. But why, why do I want to, before somebody posts something, why do we say, oh, wait a minute, let me look at that. Let me look at that. Don't you post that yet. I got to approve that. Why? Because I'm wanting to put out a projection. And I got to make sure I look good. Was my, was my roll hanging over my belly? Was my, did my chest of drawers drop over? You know, oh, yeah. See, I didn't tuck my shirt in either. Amen. And I want to project a certain aspect. And I want it to look good. And I've got to understand that uh, that's not reality. All right? You've got to understand that's not reality. You will always be disappointed if you're always comparing your life with somebody else's highlight reel. Don't go by other people's projections. Uh, go by their reflections. Who are they really in the heat of the moment? You want to see how somebody really is? Make them mad. Now, I don't advocate just going around making everybody mad. Amen? But if you really want to see how people are, the real person come out, watch them when they're mad. Mm-hmm. Because in the heat of the moment, when the heat gets turned up, all the bad stuff's going to come out. Right? That again, we spent a whole other hour there. We won't. All right. Uh, number three, an impactful shadow comes from a life impacted by God's ongoing work through his Holy Spirit. All right. Jeremiah 18, verses 2 through 4. Let's look at that scripture. It says this. You probably read this verse before. Jeremiah has a dream, and it says, uh, and the Lord tells him uh, to do this. He says, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Verse 3. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. Now, you probably read these verses before, but here is something really important to catch from these verses. Jeremiah made the same mistake you and I did. Jeremiah goes to the potter's house, and he sees the potter sitting there at the potter's wheel making something. Now, Jeremiah immediately jumps to conclusions in what God's trying to say to him, and he looks at the potter, and Jeremiah mistakenly assumes, I'm the potter. And God says, no, Jeremiah, you ain't the potter. See, Jeremiah, this is the problem. You think you're the potter. And here is the message today. You are not the potter. He is the potter. You're the clay. Jeremiah didn't want to see it. He was that messed up, nasty, marred piece of clay that the Lord had to say, you know what? This clay don't want to do right. Pick it up and put it over here to the side. Because I am the potter, and the clay doesn't tell me what to do. I'm going to start over with a fresh piece of clay. That is huge right there, y'all. You are not the potter. And most of us are living our lives like we are the potter. And you're not the potter. You are the clay. You're that messed up, cracked piece of pottery. And somebody told me, you know, 
it's good. It's good to be the cracked piece of pottery because the only ones that the sun can shine through and the light can shine through are the cracked pieces of pottery. Amen. You and I are, we're that cracked piece of pottery. Doesn't look like much, not worth much, but guess what? God loves it and puts it in his divine cupboard and says, that one's mine right there. Amen. That one's mine right there. Got all these beautiful cups, but I'm going to choose to drink from that one right there. I'm going to choose to fill that one right there. Amen. Man. Number four, God's hand, God's design, God's process. Our greatest impact does not come from our access to many, but from our access to the few. The power of proximity. I'm going to explain this one, and I'm just about done here. All right? I don't want to mess this up because from here on out, it's all good stuff right here. Me and you, we think stages and crowds. Brother Mark, you're the one that makes a difference. You're the one holding the microphone. And so we think, well, Brother Mark, you're the I can't really make a difference now. Guys like you, guys like Billy Graham, uh, you know, somebody that stands up in front of hundreds, thousands, maybe millions of people every week, that's the one that can really make a difference. We think stages and crowds. God thinks coffee shops and relationships. One on one on one on one. We think websites and followers. You know, these YouTubers or these uh, social media influencers. How do you get to do it? Some people make a whole living off of YouTube and other things. Why, how are they able to do that? Because they learn how to get millions and millions of followers. And so you and I tend to think of it, it's all about uh, websites and, and the number of followers you have. And God sees ordinary one-on-one -on -one conversations. One-on-one -on -one conversations. Do you know where I see most people get their life changed? It's not from this pulpit, and it's not from this stage. Most of the time when people are going to be vulnerable, and open up to you and give their heart and their life to you and let you speak into their life, it's going to be because I'm sitting down with them one-on-one -on -one and I'm looking across and we're looking in each other's eyes. It's in the one-on-one. -on -one. Amen. You make the biggest difference one-on-one-on-one. -on -one -on -one. give you the biggest example, and then we'll close with this. Jesus Christ had just fed 5,000, did one of his greatest miracles. Remember that one? It was more than 5,000, really, because the Bible says it was 5,000 men. That wasn't including the women and children. So probably in reality, it was more like about 15,000. So Jesus does this great miracle, takes five loaves, two fish, and he feeds 15,000 people with it. One of his greatest miracles. He's coming off the hive, one of the greatest miracles that he's ever done. And he tells the uh, disciples, I got to go by Samaria, and I got to go sit at this well. Because there's this lady there. There's going to be this woman at the well that I need to speak to. And the disciples are all like, Samaria, why would you even want to go there? Nobody goes to Samaria. And I can tell you what kind of women hang out at this well, and they are not of the greatest reputation. So, Jesus, you do not. Jesus, why don't we go on down the road and let's do another one of these shows? Because, man, that was cool. Let's go do another one of these bread and fish things and uh, feed 15,000 people again. Let's go do one of those again. And Jesus says, no, no. I told you, I'm going to Samaria. I'm going to sit by this well, and I'm going to wait on this woman. So Jesus leaves the stage, leaves the, the spotlight, if you will, and he goes to Samaria, and he sits by this well and waits on this woman at the well.
And she is not a woman of good reputation. She's a woman that in the town nobody thinks highly of. He says, you've been with five men, and the man you're with now, he's not your husband. She has a bad reputation in town. But you know the story. Jesus sits down with her, and he has a one-on-one conversation. And he looks her in the eye, and he tells her things that she knows nobody could ever know. And she gives her heart and life to Jesus Christ. She believes he is who he says he is, and she says, I'm going to follow you. And you know what that one little lady does? If you read the entire story, she goes back to her town, and she tells the entire town, you've got to come see this man. You have to come see this man. He told me all that I ever did. And the entire town comes back out to the well. And you know what it says happens? Because of this one lady of bad reputation, a rotten, stinking sinner that nobody would give the time of day to, the entire town is converted. The entire town. Jesus knew the power is not on the stage. The power is not in the great miracle. The power is not in the 15,000. The power is really letting the Holy Spirit work through you one on one on one. Because you you never know what that person will do. And you never know how that person will turn it around. Amen. Obey his impulses and take the risk. I'm going to give you this. The power, the power of the seven seconds. When something happens, when God leads somebody into your life, lets them walk into your shadow, you have seven seconds. Pretty close average. You've got seven seconds probably before they move on. You've got seven seconds to decide, God, are you bringing this person into my path for a reason? And do I need to say something to them? And I can guarantee this, nine times out of ten, the answer to that question would be yes. The Lord is saying, there are no mistakes If you will have antenna on for me bringing everybody into your path, you're going to realize everybody's coming into your path for a reason. I am sending people into your path so that you can cast a shadow on them. And you have seven seconds to decide. I wish I could tell you that I'm very successful in this, but I'm not. And I know that if I'm standing here and I'm telling you the preacher is not real successful in this, then I can guess probably everybody is not real good at this. Because even though I stand up here and I may seem like an extrovert, in reality, I'm somewhat of an introvert. And so my first inclination in seven seconds, and I want to tell you, seven seconds is not long. My first inclination in those seven seconds is just to say, Lord, I was just here minding my own business. Don't make me talk to this crazy woman. Or don't make me talk to this crazy guy. Amen. Lord, I really don't want to have a conversation right now. And so it's very easy in those seven seconds to just very quickly dismiss it. But I'm here to tell you, if I've got my antenna on and I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, I'm knowing, God, you, you, you brought this person in my shadow for a reason. And I've got about seven seconds to either take the risk or let it go. And I am guarantee you today, make, take the risk. Everything that God says, and he, he tells you that if you will begin to take the risk, I will do more with that than you can even ask or imagine. Amen. You can be an influencer. Everybody in this room needs to be an influencer. Amen. Seven seconds. Every time, I want you to think about that tomorrow. Every time somebody comes into your shadow, comes into your path, you got seven seconds to decide. Could I say something to encourage this person? Could I just engage them in a conversation that might lead somewhere? Will you maybe get rejected? Yeah. Well, they might say no to me, or they might make fun of me. Well, boo-hoo, buttercup. Amen? 
take a risk. If Jesus can hang on a cross for us, can we not take a risk to talk to somebody that might reject us? Yeah. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes. I'm just going to ask you for a second. If you're here today and you say, Mark, I don't really know the first thing about what you're talking about. I don't know where my spiritual life is. I don't know if I were to die right now, if I'd go to heaven. We did a memorial service yesterday. And at funerals, I always tell people, this is not something people like to think about. But guess what? Everybody's going to be here one day. Everybody's going to have an appointment. Everybody's going to have a funeral one day if the Lord doesn't come back. And uh, we're all going to be in that situation. And the question is, what did you do with my son? Is he your Savior? And maybe you'd say, Brother Mario, if I were to die right this very second, I don't know. Uh, can I tell you, it's not on anything you do. It's what Jesus did for you on the cross and simply accepting that. So I want to tell you today, if that's you today and you say, I don't know that I've ever done that. Or maybe you have done that and you've wandered far away from the Lord and you need to recommit yourself to him today. I want you to invite you to pray this prayer with me, if you would. Just pray this prayer in your heart, your mind, and your spirit. Just say, Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. And I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And Lord, right now, the best way I know how, I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to save me. Lord, I give my heart and my life to you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I would never want to embarrass anybody, but if you prayed that prayer today for the first time or as a recommitment to the Lord, would you just lift up a hand? I'm going to ask you if you're brave enough to just come come stand down here so that we can let everybody know that you've made that decision. If you, uh, if you raise your hand, just come stand down here with us if you would. Come on. How many of you today would just say, Brother Mark, I need to be aware of my shadow. And I need to be aware that I need to cast a better shadow. Would you just pray for me? Would you just lift up a hand? I'd like to pray for you. Father, we love you. I pray for these folks that have raised their hand, God. May we be more conscious of who we are in front of others and how others see us, God. I pray, God, that you would help us all to cast a better shadow, God. May we be the best versions of ourselves that we can be, Father, God. And the only way to do that really is to try and look more like you. So I pray for us all to strive to do that today. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. I want to introduce you to a couple people. Jerry, would you just come stand right here? And Jana, would you come stand right here? Jerry and Jana come today. You know, I was telling you earlier about that the Lord knew that somebody needed to hear. And this is why I needed to be faithful today. Well, here's two right here. Amen. They come, to, uh, they come to recommit themselves to Jesus. And I know that you are as excited about that as I am, so I wanted you to be able to come by and just shake their hand, encourage them, pray for them, get to know them all right. And uh, Jan and Jerry, uh, man, nothing more important we'll do than just uh, 
giving, giving ourselves 100% to the Lord. Amen. Amen. This is what it was for this morning. Amen. <laughs> Eric, why don't you come stand with your dad? Amen. 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 Well, Jerry was the one that told me this morning. He said, God told me to come here and said that you had a word for me this morning. And uh, so that's good. Amen. Amen. Jana. Man, bless you, girl. Well, God's been good. Amen. Even when it's hard, even when God pushed through. Amen. So, Lord, we love you. Thank you for everybody here today. I pray that everybody got something out of it. And God, thank you for just, even when we don't feel like it, when we don't feel like coming, that's when we need to be down here the most, Lord. When we when we feel the devil tell us, just stay in that bed, don't get out there, that snow is out there, Lord. The more the devil tells us not to come, the more we say, Lord, I got to get down there. God's got something for me today. And so, Lord, I thank you for that today. Uh, we give you this day. Thank you for today. And all that you did in Jesus' name, amen. You guys are dismissed. Come tell these guys. Come shake their hand and tell them how much you love them and appreciate them. All right.